In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Hello, Psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. And for this episode, I have on Reverend William Meyer. William is the founder of Your Divinity. He serves as a spiritual leader, practitioner, teacher, and event host based in Raleigh, North Carolina, where he focuses on divine transformations with the assistance of benevolent entities bathed in light and love. These include archangels, angels, ascended masters, your personal spirit team, and more. And you guys know how much I love our spirit team. So super excited to have him on. As an angel advisor, healer, and intuitive, William channels divine wisdom, conveys universal truths, offers guidance, and provides healing to support your journey towards living a truly divine life. And we are going to talk about divinity and the divine today. So welcome to the show, William. Thank you, Nicole. It's such a pleasure to be on here. I've been a longtime listener. My mom and I love the podcast, and we love all your listeners on here. And uh, yeah, I've, I, I was really excited to jump on when you offered me the invitation back in April of this year. And I feel like our journey, and mine especially, takes a lot of twists and turns. And eventually, we do get to a place where, you know, if it's our life's purpose, we're able to share this divine information. And, and that's what I feel my purpose is, is to utilize the wisdom from our past, my past experiences and translate that into this era that we're living in and help the ascension of uh, the human race right now as we're going through the ascension process. Yes, yes. And you have a lot of uh, big purpose going on. And wherever you're feeling led to start, I'm going to turn it over to you. And you mentioned some twists and turns, so would love to hearing about them a little bit more here. Yeah, so I guess I could start talking about sort of my life in a nutshell, and then I know uh, the collective that I channel, just to touch on them very briefly. Um, I am part of this collective that I just recently discovered I was a part of, but this collective consciousness is about 60,000 
ascended beings at around the sixth density, which if you're knower of the law of one, that would make sense to you. But I can talk about that more if you want to clarify. But these group of about 60,000 entities are comprised of all different backgrounds, um, areas of wisdom and knowledge. And uh, I basically how I channel them is I enter this trance state and I sink my head down and I start to channel and um, they greet you in the one infinite creator and they basically answer questions that you have. They come forward when I help heal in my one-on-one sessions and I also channel for groups and I've been doing this kind of my whole life without ever even realizing it because I've always felt sort of this presence around me and being, I guess, what you would call a a late bloomer in my life with spirituality. Like I felt it when I was very young, when I was around four or five years old, right? I would always pull pull the bed covers over my eyes because I could sense what's around me. And so I kind of blocked that out because of some life traumas when I was um, very young. Um, There was a lot of sensitivities that I was feeling that I really didn't know how to deal with, like um, in school especially, right? Because part of my soul journey is I haven't been on this earth in quite a long time. I'm not used to, uh, or I should say I wasn't used to coming into this energy when I was born here. So being thrown into this world at uh, at a very hastily prepared time, might I add, uh, I, I also have pre-life memories like you do, Nicole. So I know that I was thrown into this world and I agreed to, but it's all for for higher and best purpose. So coming into this world and trying to navigate through the sea of emotions and feelings and uh, and you know the empath the empathic abilities that I have with just sensing everyone around me too in in like a school setting, elementary, middle school. I mean, it's it was really um, it was a challenge. So between that into college years. I had essentially blocked out a lot a lot of that, a lot of the sensitivities. And the past two, two and a half years, I've really been focusing on being comfortable with being sensitive to spiritual sensations. Um, there was a lot of fear that I had too, that I had to work through um, about entities like demonic entities and entities that don't have our best and highest good in mind, where... The thing that I learned with that is that the more we step into our divinity and the more we step into our power and our truth is the less and less hold these fears and concerns that the world has on us and seemingly has on us. Because the only thing that I feel is real and true is our own divinity and our connection to God, God's source, whatever um, unity, whatever you want to call what we all are. So um, does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And it was a lot as far as I want to kind of ask you your opinions for some of the words and the terms you used, just so people, if they're hearing them for the first time, they can kind of understand and track with the conversation moving forward. So you use the word entity. And if you can explain or describe a little bit of that and what entity means for you, and then also the collective. And then, yeah, I would love to talk a little bit more about the divine and divinity and have us kind of ground ourselves in those elements before we move forward. Definitely. I think that's that's a good way. Grounding in that 
in that divine connection. You might have to remind me which terms to explain, but... Yeah. And, you know, because from listening, I, I really don't like the definitions, but they are important as as far as us having these conversations. So I don't want people to get freaked out when they hear, hear the word entity, for example, because it all depends on how people use it. Uh, I always perceive this world as we live in a world of language, of English, Spanish, Italian, whatever language you speak. And this right now is the best way that we have to communicate. So a lot of people have different words for representing these things. And you see that in religions too. Like angels have unique words in every single religion, but they all go back to the same thing. They're angels. Mm -hmm. So you asked what the, what the word entity means to me. So I believe that an entity is the sole representation of a child of God. So God, I understand as the infinite unity. So what that means is, uh, like Rumi said, we are the drop in the ocean and the ocean in a drop. Mm -hmm. So God has an infinite number of children because God is infinite, infinite unity. We are infinite beings as well. Um, so there's a correlation there. And each child of God has a soul that seems to progress on this journey of learning, growing, and expansion. So entities and their souls incarnate in many different ways, an infinite number of ways. <laughs> and each one of us that are listening, we have a soul. We have a soul that goes through this journey as well, um, from starting off at the lowest density where uh, you're maybe an elemental fire, earth, air, water, and then you progress upwards through the levels of densities up till you get to the, the seventh density, and then you kind of loop back in, which is, is, a, is a concept we might want to dive into a little bit more, but I'll leave that up to you. Um, so an entity to me is just a representation of a single child of God. So <laughs> their entity um, chooses to incarnate with their soul and have all these different human experiences and what else? So Yeah, so it could be like the angels too. So you use them more as energetic beings, essentially, or spiritual beings to some extent. Absolutely. Uh, entities uh, to me are, can, can also be, entities to me can also be like humans too, because we have souls, we have energy, but we don't go around calling people, hey, my, my entity <laughs> friend over here. Yeah, that'd be a little weird. <laughs> yeah. But um, but no, so entity to me, when I usually talk about entities, it's it's mainly like an energetic, okay. like what okay. you were talking about. So angels, angels are entities, archangels are entities, um, spirit teams, people on your spiritual team are entities, ancestors that are mm -hmm. passed over. They're all entities that come uh, to us as spirits. Yeah, so. and then some of them would be also classified, as you mentioned, maybe if there's demonic or some of those kind of lower vibrations. And so I had always steered away from using that term entity because I felt like it had more of a negative connotation because, you know, for television and, and movies and all those purposes, people had always usually uh, applied the label of something evil or what have you to it. So I'm glad that you took the time to explain it a little bit because I just want to make sure that people understood and felt comfortable with it. And then you also used the word collective, which I think that can also be thrown around a little bit in the spiritual community too. And there was, uh, I'm getting chills right now too. So the, the angels definitely want us to go into this more about the collective and or the collective consciousness and what is all of that? Because then part of our, our journeys, all of us, is through that ascension process and through our spiritual journey and growth. Should share a little bit about that too. Yeah. So I, I also feel the chills. I, I feel them with us as well. So there, there are a few facets that I'd like to dive into regarding the concept of a collective. So just to give your listeners a brief uh, definition in my own words, 
A collective is a group of entities or souls that decide to group together and essentially dissolve their sense of self and identify with the with the collective. That drop of water and the uh, that Rumi mentioned that you were talking about. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So imagine you have a group of 10 souls, they all want to work towards the same purpose, they all feel on a very similar energetic vibration. So they they decide to join together and form a collective of 10 souls. So what happens during that process is each soul uh, dissolves their sense of self to a very high degree where they still retain the, uh, call it like a name or like an energy signature, but they're more identified with the group. Mm. So th- the good way that we can compare it is with uh, like a country here on earth. Like uh, we live in the United States. We are the collective, quote unquote, the United States, even though we're our own people. So that's how we always kind of describe it. The Beings that I channel, that I have a very strong connection with, I call the collective or my collective, which is a little confusing to some because we also have a collective that is the entire earth. Every person incarnating on the earth has uh, has their own link to the collective energy that surrounds the earth. You can kind of tap in and feel like what, what our collective emotions are, like where we're headed, what we're going through. So there's a few different facets, and my, my collective does want me to talk a little bit about them. So like I was starting to mention earlier, I've always felt the connection to them, and I never really understood what this feeling was, what this connection was. But I knew, even from a very young age, that I'm able to pull down like really cosmic-level knowledge and information, I feel, and... Even if I, you know, have trouble conveying it into words, I feel and I, I see and I conceptualize in my head and I sort of know what, what our origins are and like what we are on, on a level of consciousness. I actually had a very interesting experience when I was 14 years old, driving in my mom's car, I was in the passenger seat and just driving down the main, the main street on Long Island where I moved from, where I grew up and I was looking out the window And all of a sudden, that feeling just hit me like a truck. It's the same feeling that I keep talking about, this connection to our own divinity. That that feeling just hit me like a truck. And I had this vision of what what I learned as the image before the logos and the light were created. So the logos is love or love unity, and the light is a representation of that love. And that was the first creation in the entire entirety of existence was love and light to share that. So before that was even created, I saw essentially what our consciousness is, which is a vast infinite pool. So this was before light was created. So this was darkness. And I'm getting and huge chills because it. <laughs> it's reminding me of when I was on the other side and it's hard for me to put it into mm-hmm. words. So please continue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try my best. (laughs) But of course, all of this is beyond words. So, you know, some people might get a little perturbed when I say it's darkness, but it's not darkness as in negativity. It's literally the purest representation of our consciousness is just pure being. It's this infinite, vast pool. It's kind of sentient. It is. Because it's consciousness. Yes, it's it's this. It has this pulse that isn't what we would describe life pulse, but that sentient energy that's all knowing. 
is essentially the the best way I can describe it. Absolutely, because that is all that is. Everything else is is an illusion. This infinite consciousness is just pure being. That's what the feminine side kind of represents is this being where the masculine is creating, going and doing. So we start off as this and we still are. Everything else is an illusion. Even this world, this podcast, all of this are all of this stuff is just illusions that we create, which is amazing. These illusions and creations are beautiful. But the only thing that really is, is our divine consciousness. And so I want to go back to the vision that I was kind of describing. So I see it as the one infinite unity, which might be like a misnomer or like a, a might be like a contradiction because we think about one and all, and how can that be the same thing? Well, it's a concept that I really resonate with on a deep level because I see in the vision, there's this one kind of like the singularity, and then everything else is the infinite as well, all around it. So does that make any sense? Yes. And sorry, I was interrupting you as well, but <laughs> it's hard sometimes when we're getting when, we, when we're getting these intuitive hits. But yes, it totally makes sense. And thank you for trying your best to put that into words. So that is a good representation, I think, of allowing people to kind of visualize it or to hear what we're connected to, because we're never not connected. So when we say to be in alignment or connecting to our higher selves or being in that being state or that state of oneness, it's all that. It's kind of having that focus and that intention to get us part of that collective consciousness and or group. Yeah. And that brings up a really good point that I want to hit on is any learning and growing that we do to try and uh, reach towards that divine connection is is funny to me in this way because it's just a remembrance. We're we're there. We're there. We just got to remember it in whole different ways. That's that's why we learn and grow is to remember that. Oh my God! In this little area of my life, I'm divine in that way. I have the divine connection. Any belief that I have that I think I'm not divine is just an illusion. It's a program, too. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a program. It's like we're in a dream state, and these these programs, these these disbeliefs, uh, these what do you want? What's the right word? Well, a belief um, is actually not real. That's when my spirit team told me that a belief is not real. I got really angry because, <laughs> and I shared it, and it was very controversial too with a lot of other people. But that's exactly that. It's it's like it's that illusion that you're talking about. It, it, we may have a thought, and that thought may form. But that is not part of the actual reality of who we are, where we came from, what we're connected to. Yeah. And our origin is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beauty beyond words. It's I like when I when I think about it and meditate on it, and anyone can meditate on this, I, I call it universal love. And it ignites in your heart center. Think of it as like the the green flame that's in the center of your heart chakra, the center of your chest. And feel that, feel the brightness, the warmth, the heat, the love. And if you'd like to meditate in this way, focus on expanding that outwards to just encompass all of your being. Expand your awareness so that you can only sense this love because that's what we are. We are an infinite unity of love consciousness. And the more and more that humanity, because we are on this ascension path, the more that we remember that, 
the more we step into our own unique power. Because the remembrance of our own unique love, I always thought that, that you are the most important person in your life. So once you recognize your innate love and divine connection, you're able to share that with the world. And how beautiful is it that we're, that we're on this path? No, exactly. And now I know why I posted something on Instagram just the other day about awakening and spiritual awakening, because you talk about the universal laws, spiritual laws, universal love, which I do want to get a little bit more into those as it relates to divinity. But can you share from your perspective what a spiritual awakening is? Because that's literally what we're talking about is if we are in a moment in our lives (laughs) or moments as in plural, where we're becoming aware of who we are, what we're here to do, but also just growing that consciousness and that level and re-remembering. I think that's the key word that you said, the remembering of where we came from and who we are. Can you share a little bit about that? I like to use analogies whenever I talk about spiritual concepts because analogies are a lot better than words in some ways to try and talk directly on a concept because you're able to process them at a much deeper level. So I'm going to use the analogy. Imagine you dipped yourself into a mud bath, right? And you step out of the mud bath. You are completely covered head to toe, all areas of your body with mud. You cannot see your body underneath. So to me, when you started speaking about spiritual awakenings, it's almost like, you know, your body never changed when you entered the mud, But this process of cleaning yourself off, wiping the mud off of your eyes so you can start seeing and seeing that you have all this mud on your body, you you get a towel, you get whatever you need, you start wiping it off of you, and you start seeing your real body underneath. The, The you that's covered in mud is still you. You're still able to be yourself. But when we go through this process of spiritual awakenings, it's almost like we're cleaning this mud off of all different parts of our self, our lives, our reality, and opening our eyes, clearing the mud off of our faces and allowing us to see this reality that we live in. You know, because I believe spiritual awakenings are really about dissolving all the programmings, the limiting beliefs, the things that prevent us from seeing and recognizing who we truly are. You know, that body underneath all the mud. So, it's a very unique process for every single person, because we're all unique in our own individual ways. There are no two people alike. There are no two children of God exactly alike. So that is, it can be a quick process, can be a long process. It can go over lifetimes. And each lifetime is just a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, but here in this ascension timeline that we're, that we're in as humanity, everyone is kind of doing this at the same time now. We're starting to see not only our own truths, but the truths of the world. And I'm getting chills as I say this. We're clearing all the collective mud off of our mm-hmm. bodies and off of everyone. And, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's a unique process. Um, everyone is going to have their different way of going about it. Some people choose the very direct route of spirituality, learning modalities, learning. Uh, some people go like medical systems, like uh, therapists, psychologists, this and that. There are so many different routes mm-hmm. that you can go down, but each one leads you to that truth of self divine recognition. Yes, that's the key that you just said, self-divine recognition. And I think of it as at least because I I like analogies too, is it's like a light bulb moment in your mind or in your conscious awareness where where you realize, huh, 
I am, yes, myself, but I'm also connected. Everyone's on their own individual path, but yet we're all connected. And when you have that aha moment, for the most part, that is you being able to, what I would say, be more centered and aligned with your higher self and and that collective collective consciousness. But yes, people feel differently, experience different things as they're going through it. But ultimately, to me, it's that aha. And whether it's a moment and it's just fleeting, uh, you know, you snap your fingers or it's kind of progressed and and it's pulled out, pulled out over time. That's one piece of it. The other thing that you talked about was universal love. I love that term, <laughs> love, love. But also because I always thought about saying, if people want to get in that state to think of a moment of unconditional love that they experienced or had, because that gets us to that state, but never really thought about saying unconditional love really is universal love. And the thread that's kind of pulling this conversation together that you talked about as well is the things that were created. The first things were love, but the light was an emanation of that love. So if there's anything else you want to share about that before we move on, I just felt led to kind of pause here and take a moment for it. Yeah. Thank you for for staying on this topic for just a moment, because I do feel like what you said is is really important to those who are desiring to open up this channel of universal love within them and the channel that we are of universal love from divine source is to focus on one of the moments in your life that you really truly felt this pure like it's it's almost like a vibration you can feel it sometimes even if you weren't too spiritually tapped in you if you've had this experience you can you can tell it's indescribable you cannot describe this feeling of true love. Maybe it's when your first child was born and seeing the, the glimmer in their eyes or when you were on your wedding day looking at your husband or wife or, or person that you're marrying. Focus on that one moment during this meditation while you're focusing on your heart center, your green ray, the, like I call it, uh, your green chakra, the heart chakra. And like I was alluding to before, remember that feeling. And if you're good with visuals, maybe picture yourself there. If you're more empathic and uh, connected to feeling, then feel it. Really resonate with it in your heart center and dive into it. So the fear is one thing that always holds people back. It's fear of the unknown, fear of what happens if I go over the edge of the cliff. Because uh, from what from what the team are telling me right now, there are some people out there that might want to dive into this kind of meditation where we're focusing on love. And they get to the point where it's almost too overwhelming. And to those, I would say, don't be afraid because fear is what always holds us back in any aspect. This love is who we are. And by fearing, diving into that completely, diving into the deep end of the pool, we're essentially saying... I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to remember my true remembrance. So if you do get to that point and you need that little extra push to to really dive in, just remember that this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing when people will say, I can't get to that state of oneness or that state of being present, whatever that is, is exactly that. It's a trick of taking that memory or of a moment that you had and tapping into that feeling. Cause like you said, it is almost tangible. And when you do that, it's literally like a light switch. It just flips you to that vibration and frequency. So 
you know, if I'm ever feeling frustrated or angry or sad, yes, I get that way too, because I'm human, but I try and do that to kind of, again, flip the switch. But also if you want to be in that state, whether it's through meditation or just being present with it to think about that, you could even do it when you're going on a walk, when you're in nature, whatever, it doesn't have to be a sit down meditation moment. So thank you for sharing that. Now, before we dive deeper into the divinity aspect of things, you mentioned kind of universal laws or spiritual laws. From your perspective, my number one is that we are a beings of, we have free will and choice. So that's the number one thing. Uh, but what are some other ones? Because I haven't really talked about that on the podcast before. It's I do discuss it a little bit in, in my book, but I would love to hear from your perspective what those are. So as you're mentioning that, I know Ra is my main teacher of the the laws, and I don't right now I, I do have to brush up on them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna explain sort of my understanding of uh, maybe one or two. So in ancient Egypt, Ra was working with the people of the time to help their spiritual progression and growth, and unfortunately that led into uh, some dark times in humanity because their teachings were used. Um, kind of flippantly. They were used for uh, self-perpetuation, for self-serving purposes. So Ra has, Ra is another collective consciousness. And Ra channeled through these, through uh, one woman, I forget her name, but uh, look up The Law of One by Ra. And it's a book series that was channeled in the early 80s. And the the vibration of this information is very, very high. This is where, you know, I personally have learned a lot of these words like entities, collectives, um, densities. So in that book, Ross speaks about some of the universal laws, which you were asking about. Of course, number one, that can never be um, that can never be broken is the law of free will. We all have our own innate free will that is an extension of the creativity, the creative powers that God gives us because God is the one infinite creator. We have our own creative abilities in free will. So there's also the law of correspondence as above, so below, which means that uh, the feeling that I'm kind of getting right now is that our reality is a mirror for what's in us. So we see all of the world around us um, being mirrored in our own feelings. So when I try to uh, work on things that I need to heal and move towards to gain uh, spiritual wisdom and clarity and everything, I look at what's bugging me, what's bothering me. <laughs> and I know that's what I need to heal. So I know this, uh, maybe I have this one person that that like really gets on my nerves sometimes. And there's this one particular thing. And I know that that's the thing within me that I need to heal because we're a mirror as above, so below. So as as in unity, as in the one. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I was, and maybe that's something I can bring you back or I'll do a separate episode on universal or spiritual laws. But yes, our free will. I love what you said about the correspondence, the as above, so below. There's also other things. And again, everyone can kind of look up this up separately in the meantime, but the law of vibration and the law of attraction, the law of oneness, meaning what we've what we've already talked about, William and I, about we're all connected, not separate. So there's a lot of these things 
things. And the reason I'm, I was feeling led to share that before we can really dive into divinity, at least this is what my angels and guides are saying, is to understand that there are these universal truths that exist that are, call them spiritual laws, universal laws, whatever, that cannot be broken, whether you're of the light or if you're of the dark. And when you understand them, then that empowers us as, in, as the sentient beings, these spiritual beings, to stand more in that divinity. So the free will aspect is one that I think is the most important because it is the main spiritual law that um, that I try to embody and teach the most. Because any attachment that a being seems to have on you, call it like a negative attachment or anything, that's something that on some level the person allows onto themselves because like you said, nothing can go against our free will. And the collective of humanity right now is our free will is ascension. We want to ascend. We want to get to that next level of spirituality and of soul progression. When If people are like, why am I here? <laughs> That's the reason. And then if people say, no, really, why am I here? Why did I come here? Yes, it is to have our soul's growth and, and these experiences through that ascension, because if anything, we were not here to play small. So just wanted to interject because I just heard that that was important. So sorry, we'll continue. Yeah, you're good. And part of that contract for some people is forgetting why they're here. So it's it's very funny sometimes to me. I I I try to really like laugh at everything because div- divinity to me is laughter. It's it's joyousness. It's uh, so many great things. But going back to the law of free will, yeah, everything that you have that bothers you. It's because you allowed it in on some level of your being, whether consciousness, uh, conscious, unconscious, uh, maybe you're applying your will in some area. That's another huge thing for me, too, is where are we putting our will and intention? If we keep saying we want to do this one thing, but everything else we're doing unconsciously, like um, in our lives, says the other thing, well, that's that's disharmony. Nothing's going to happen. Um, so that's why, you know, in the law of attraction, we we talk about manifestation, aligning ourselves to that p- vibration, because just saying something doesn't get us there. We have to support it. We got to back it up with everything. You know, just because you launch a ship into the water with no engine doesn't mean you're going to get to Europe from America. You, you have to put the engine in the boat. You got to give it gas. You got to <laughs> set your course, mm-hmm. right? And do all, and do all the things that, that get you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, another kind of analogy, and then I do want to move on and talk more about divinity as a whole and what else you came here to share as far as the messages go. But if you think about it more in specific terms, so if you drink alcohol, if you smoke cigarettes, if you watch content that makes you depressed, and you always kind of now, whether it's the Surgeon General or the FDA in America saying, okay, if you consume this, this is what's going to happen. Those disclaimers legally that are put on things. That is an example of our free will in the real world. I'm using air quotes here because in the spiritual world as well, in energy, we still need to have that kind of, hey, FYI, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. So that might be a little bit more of a tangible example. But if you think about it, it's also running in the background because you mentioned consciously or subconsciously energetically, the vibrations of frequency and all of that, how that works is basically our angels and guides and whomever else is like helping to support, they keep the laws running in existence. So for our own, I won't say necessarily protection, but even if we're kind of blindly out there, like, la, I don't know what's happening. It's still happening behind us, even if we might not be consciously aware of it. 
Yeah, 100%, because this human experience can be very limited sometimes. A lot of us are contracted to not have spiritual senses, but um, perhaps as part of this humanity, this contract with humanity that we're going through of ascension, we're learning and expanding into all of that. So you're absolutely right. There are entities sometimes that try and find loopholes into people's free wills or, or the free will of each soul. And collectives too. You know, I always have the image um, that, you know, the negatively oriented entities out there that want to bring humanity back down to the old eras of war, fear mongering, everything, they try and they try and they try to find every single loophole they possibly can, no matter how small, in powerful people like presidents and leaders, but also in individuals too. Because one individual impacts a collective, doesn't matter how much, it's just that it does. So I think one of the most important things as we move through this ascension is to remember that we have our own free will, that we set the course for our entire reality. And I always, when I do my prayers, I am when I do my prayers at night, my I talk for literally like 20 minutes straight sometimes <laughs> because I'd be as thorough as possible. I'd be very specific um, while embodying that divine love, light, and sound. So I, I name almost everything under the sun, and I've crafted my prayers just to be as specific and intentful as possible because I know that there are some entities right now in the world, there seem to be some entities where they want to drag us back down into the old mm -hmm. age. So I'm, I know I'm not here for it. I know, Nicole, you're, you're yeah, probably not here for it Absolutely not. I say not today, <laughs> Satan, no. <laughs> but no, and, and this is, and me sharing this is not necessarily for fear, obviously. This is just to more, if anything, encourage you that we're always divinely guided and protected and that the, again, those spiritual laws exist. And I would encourage you to do your own research, look into it a little bit more and everything else uh, if you're interested in it. But ultimately, okay, William, and by the way, I didn't even ask you this, William or Will or both? You know, that's a funny thing. Because they just said, I don't, don't I, call him Will. <laughs> so I was like, no, you're good. <laughs> you, I, because someone, one of my friends said this the other day, William is a very formal, like royal name. And I'm like, yeah, that does make sense. But on the other hand, I'm like, even even in like spirituality, my new my new friend group that I have down here in Raleigh because I only moved a year ago, um, every everyone that I know I recognize their energy more than their names mm -hmm. because names are a construct of of this world of this illusion. Uh, but I try my best to remember everyone's name. So that's a very roundabout way of saying that I don't really care one way or another what people call me. All all I care about is that yeah, that's that person. The that vibration does that thing behind I, it. All right. Well William. Yeah, exactly. William, let's <laughs> pivot and move to divinity. So you have obviously your business, your divinity, and that's what you, you know, pretty much uh, prescribe and communicate and teach. What about why are you here? What is what is a, your purpose here on earth? You also mentioned the collective and through ascension. So what have you felt let and why now for you? So I'm going to share one of my pre-birth memories that I uncovered during some deep hypnosis. I was supposed to come to the earth and this is part of why I had a lot of trouble dealing with the energies is because I was supposed to come here about two to 300 years in the future, but I was pulled here early because I knew 
we we knew, and when I say we, I mean the archangels and I agreed that this time right now is so, so, so important because this is the springboard that which will propel humanity into such great heights. So my purpose is to help with that. And for me personally, I have a lot of divine remembrances, cosmic knowledge ju- that just comes to me, it's it's just so innate. It's part of my my processes, my internal thinking. Like when I see someone that is really struggling to work past something, I, I have this feeling, this compulsion in me to to help them and to be guided by my own team, my, my collective that I work with, and the angels and archangels, all these beings of light and love, to help people work through these things. And going back to free will, it's only if you want to move past them that allows us to do the work. So I'm not the only person that's doing this, but um, part of what I do is, of course, the channeling, either one-on-one sessions in group settings, uh, through, through the podcast right now, of course. Um, but I'm, I'm also a, I've been a longtime musician. I, I, I have a music tattoo on my arm. I've been a musician for over 15 years. And I've always felt that when I play music, I find myself in a trance state. That's, I think, what I mentioned before about how I channel is I enter this, like, it's almost like my eyes sink into the back of my head, not not physically rolling back, but, you know, I, I get into the very deep trance state and music, it just comes so beautifully. And I play the guitar mostly and I, I do sacred singing. And it's just, it's, from what I feel, an extension of channeling that divine love through music because sound and vibrations, sound vibrations is something that I really resonate with as well. It's because music vibrates on that sort of energetic soul level, which helps us work through things. And, you know, you ever hear a sad song that just hits on that one note that helps you through like a bad breakup or something. So I feel music is really one of the sacred things that I'm here to do. And then, of course, bringing that divine wisdom, knowledge, cosmic knowledge and techniques and things like that. Um, I do teaching too. I teach uh, like over Zoom in video courses, which by the time this episode is uploaded, I should have a couple up there. But yeah, I, I just feel like I have this openness to share and to talk and to help people and to love people through this process. And yeah, does that make any sense at all? <laughs> Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think to what I'm hearing you say is divinity is the the word or I don't want to say remembrance, I guess. So I don't want to put words in your own mouth, but that allows you to relate what it is that you stand for. And when you said 200 or 300 years in the future, wow. So we're the good news is I guess we're still around <laughs> as of now when you look at that timeline. But so what about now where it's so important that the angels and you decided that you were going to contract and come here now? Right now. And I'm going to preface by saying 2012 was the major shift into this era of ascension. I was born in 1995, which to some of those listeners, I'm like a baby, but (laughs) I started living about however many years, 17 years, 18 years before 2012. So I was getting acclimated into the energies. And once 2012 hit, it was essentially like everything got flipped upside down. What happened in 2012? Why, Why 2012? It was the convergence of the equinoxes. I, I don't remember the okay. exact term, but I know it was a very major astrological event. Things like the Mayan calendar mm, ended mm-hmm. in 2012. There's a lot of 
uh, prophecies that essentially lined up to that one year as a as a flip. Like this is a new era that we're in. We're in the era of ascension. Mm-hmm. So the thing that's so important about this right now is this is the birth of new earth, new humanity. We're releasing all of the chains and shackles that we put on ourselves to as a way to limit us, to keep us in that old way of thinking. And I, I encourage your listeners to to think about all the different things in their lives and in the world that has changed since 2012. All of the things that are now bubbling up to the surface that have always been hidden in years past. So when I have downloads about, okay, I was supposed to come in two to 300 years in the future, that's when a lot of this, like, I, I, I call it muck. It's a lot of the muck has already been sorted through and we're able to be at that higher vibration uh, that I, I kind of want to say I'm used to because I feel like I've lived more as a soul. I have more remembrances on like a, a spiritual way of living than in a physical incarnate body. So that's that's why sometimes for me it's kind of tough, but I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm doing the work. I, w- I want to mm-hmm. help. So this is just birthing that new age and helping release all of those chains and shackles to get us to that new way of living as as a as the human race. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that it's because even just you being here in that vibration and that state also helps? Like let's say you decided, yeah, I know I contracted to do this work, but I'd going back to free will and choice. And you decided I'm not going to do that. And that's certainly your choice. So even just you being here would still have an impact. It may not have as big of an impact or ripple effect, but just getting that message as well. So is that something that you believe in or? I want to share a quick anecdote because Mm -hmm. I said the exact same thing. I've been saying the same thing for ever since I started my spiritual journey. If one person uh, has that light up, has that remembrance, even in a small portion they start sharing that to the people around them, and then they start to light up, and it's just a ripple effect. And that's what the whole world is going through right now. P- people like me that you know were asleep for most of their life to our true nature, and now starting to wake up and light up inside. Uh, so I started going through this process of my spiritual awakening, and we're all spiritual beings. It'll it, it is all a spiritual journey even when we're asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Amen. I started going <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I started going through this about 2 2 and a half years ago and I I wasn't afraid. There there was sort of uh like getting my feet in the water, acclimating to the energies in order to feel confident to start sharing it. So I feel like that process is kind of normal if you're going through that. But once I felt confident in my own energy and I just started um feeling like I could be myself, like truly, truly myself, a spiritual being. I have these connections. I talk with ETs, the funniest stuff sometimes. So my mom was always into psychics and I know she's going to be listening. Hi, mom. Hi, Um, (laughs) Mary. I wanted to give her a shout out, but I didn't know at what point. So this is the shout out. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, mom. My, mm-hmm. my parents are both wonderful, excellent people, and they've, they've raised me to, to help be this person. So I really have to thank them. Um, my mom was always into psychics. Even before I was born, she would always go to psych- psychics and everything. But my dad was not. He was closed off. He thought spirituality was fake, that people were only using it to get money. And God bless him. People, that, that is a belief that some people have, and I respect all beliefs. So my dad, the other day, 
he said for the first time in his life, he talked about his spiritual team and how they've been guiding him. And he just quit his day job. He's, he was commuting. He, he had an awful commute to New York City um, with traffic about three hours each direction, oh bumper gosh. to bumper. He's been doing that commute for, I think, five, seven years, something like that. He developed sciatica in his leg, such pain, at emotionally, physically, everything. Mm-hmm. So this year, because of, I feel, how I've been helping shine the light and from the work that they've been, my mom and dad have been doing on themselves – my dad decided to no longer live in that fear state of, well, I need this paycheck. I need this job. I need to be chained down by that. He's doing his own car detailing business. He has a paycheck. He paid off all his credit cards. He, the mortgage is paid off. He's like, he literally said to me, I am no longer living in the fear state. I fully am stepping into spirituality. I believe in everything. Coming from the person that thought everything was was a scam in psychic mm-hmm. spirituality, like, I, I am I am so proud of him. I wow, really Wow, that makes am me because... tear up in a in a happy way. Yeah. I'm proud of him yeah. too, and I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, you say something so, so, so important. And I've said this from the beginning of the podcast. This was the message that Michael said. It was very clear. Be in service to yourself. And I was like, that's gonna be controversial. And he said, No. If every single person was in service to their self, not in that selfish way, but to shine that light, to be in that state of universal love, unconditional love, whatever that is. And we're not worrying about someone else or society or anything else. If every single person were to do that, that is where we all need to be and where we're collectively trying to get to. And so it's another kind of thing. There's a story about this man who he was sitting down and this butterfly landed on him and it landed on him and stayed with him for hours to the point where he had taken photos and all of this other stuff. And ultimately at the end of the day, the message that he got spiritually through that experience or that spiritual experience rather was if you were to tend your own garden, you attract all the butterflies. You don't have to go and look for the butterfly to find it for it to find you. And that's also that analogy of, of shining your light and being that for the world. So thank you so much for sharing that story. That's beautiful. Yeah, no, I, I felt really led to share that because it's, it's showing us that even though, you know, there are limiting beliefs that we have, all we have to do is just have the will to work past that. I believe that if you apply 100% of your will to anything, you can push through any, any mountain as, as tall as possible. But uh, yeah, going back to what you were just saying, I feel like, yes, tending to ourselves is one of the most important things because the the three steps in order of importance for me is God, myself, and everyone. So number one, tend your spirit tend to your spiritual connections, your di- your divine connection. Then step down to you, tend to your divinity. what what do you need to heal within yourself? and then share that with everyone. So like in a romantic relationship, right? If one person just cares and cares and cares about the other person to a self-destructive degree and doesn't put that same caring into themselves, well, what's going to happen? That person is is going to like kind of self-destruct to a mm-hmm. degree. The relationship might might end. You know, all 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 different things. So yeah, no, no. And those steps is that what you obviously you prescribe to, but that you teach with your divinity is God or universal source your individual self or consciousness, and then through that, it's service to others, essentially. Yes. So I almost see it again as 
um, it's almost a contradiction in a way because we are all the one infinite unity, mm-hmm. but also um, one one is all and all is one, right? We think about God being the one infinite creator that encompasses everything, including ourselves. So by thanking and honoring God, we thank and honor ourselves and everyone. So I don't know if that kind of makes sense to you and to, mm-hmm. to the listeners, but it's like you honor God as the infinite unity. You honor yourself as a divine as a piece, piece of that. Of that. Mm-hmm. And then you honor everyone else. Yeah, because it's almost infinite. like full circle then with that, if you think about it. And that's that remembrance part. All right. So with your divinity and or divinity as a whole, what else are you feeling led to share that we haven't covered? We still have a little bit of time, so don't want to rush, but where else are you feeling pulled? I keep hearing just divinity, divinity in my head. So I'm, that's why I'm <laughs> asking this question. So I'm like, what am I missing? What did we not cover? Divinity is, is really important. And I, I really want to stress that myself or anyone that's in this position to speak on these truths Anyone can do this. You, you've spoken on this before. Anyone can develop these spiritual abilities and remembrances. It's all about our will. Like there is, there's a, there's been a point in my life um, within this past two and a half year spiritual journey where I'm like, I fully release any anything that I possibly can that prevents me from stepping into this role. And by doing so, I'm applying what I believe to be near 100% of my will towards this path that I'm on as being a spiritual leader. Um, I, I, I do my podcast, I do events, uh, one-on-one sessions. I am fully into that. That doesn't mean that I neglect other parts of my life. I don't, but I fully step into that role. And because I do that, I'm allowed to uh, co-create between myself, benevolent beings, and God, these beautiful teachings and uh, channeling divine wisdom and everything like that. So everyone, my, my business name is called Your Divinity. Everyone has divinity. Someone is going to read them. It was so funny. I was at I was at a drum circle the other night and um, I, I handed this woman my business card and she's like, Your Divinity. Your divinity, like it, she was, she kept saying the the name, and I'm like, sh- it didn't quite click. Like it's your divinity, <laughs> <laughs> like yours. This is you. Yes, yes. it's you. Mm-hmm. Everyone is divine. Everyone has that piece of divinity in them, and just see it. Do if you if you really want to step into it, do it. No, nothing is blocking you. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's blocking this path to recognition of your own divinity is yourself. No one is going to say, even if you're in a relationship, if you're in a society that doesn't, that doesn't like think highly upon that, the only thing that's holding you back is you. Even if you're in like, um, some fundamentalist, something, or I don't want to speak badly on anything, Mm -hmm. but if, if you're in a society that doesn't allow that light to shine inherently, that doesn't mean that you can't do that. Doesn't mean that it'll be an easy process, but yes. maybe that's part of the lesson there mm-hmm. is to go through that hard process. Part of part of what I had to go through is sort of stepping into that power of mine. And I do believe sometimes that these lessons that really try to push us through these um, these complexities, these challenges, are in some ways affirming that yes, I do, I do have this, I am. It's so empowering. It is. Once you push through it, once you can get through that fear. A hundred percent. And that's also part of what I believe is 
why we're here on earth in such this difficult world sometimes with all these challenges is this is considered the the hard knock school of the universe earth planet earth because it's such a dense world or it has been we're moving into this new era of levity of lightness and people souls have incarnated incarnated here as a master class they want to figure out their stuff well, Earth is a place to do it, and you're <laughs> gonna get you're gonna get a butt whooping <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I've said that before, and I just keep uh, re- they keep reminding me there's a waiting list to get here, and I mm-hmm. he- can hear people rolling their eyes <laughs> as they're listening, like what? But yeah, because of that, because you do learn so much through that spiritual growth through your experiences, and since we have a little bit of time, if you're up for it, I we kind of really brushed over your either first kind of experiences and memories before coming here, but also I know in the last two years, you've really made a lot of headway as far as where you are now with your divinity, but wherever you feel led to share, whether that was pre-earth or some of your other memories and experiences, do you want to share anything about your, your backstory? So I'm getting chills as I'm thinking about this. I have done a lot of work to uncover and heal past lives. So Past lives for me are something that's really important to my own personal spiritual growth, but also not to harp on it. We use those past experiences as uh, stepping stones and building blocks in order to continue our growth. Because the most important life that you live is this one right now, the one that you're conscious in, because this is the one that we have the ability to change through our thoughts, feelings, and actions. So I don't know if if any of your other listeners or podcast guests have spoken on like the the past ancient civilizations on earth, but that's something that... Yeah, not a ton. We've, I've kind of, we've lightly hit on it. And then also before you share, uh, I was going to say, do you, or ask you, do you believe in past lives or are they more alternate lives? Like we're living them simultaneously. So yes to both. (laughs) Um, We do have past experiences that are kind of encompassed within this one timeline that we're on, but also there are what I believe is an, an infinite number of timelines. And I believe that we've also been doing timeline jumping uh, to stay on the Ascension timeline because that's what we're working towards. Mm-hmm. So, And then on the the other hand, every single experience that we're going through is happening simultaneously because there is no time. Time is is another illusion. All of our past lives, present lives, future lives, all these timelines, all these worlds that we live on, they're all happening at exactly the same time, which kind of doesn't make sense, but it's also like... (laughs) Yeah, it hurts my head, but I I believe you because (laughs) that's exactly what I hear too. But yeah, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around it. Yeah. So I want to talk just very briefly on the two major ancient civilizations, which I have lived in. I've done a lot of healing and growth uh, to help the people in that time and to use those experiences in this life. So the big ones for me are Atlantis and Lemuria. Atlantis is the most recent one. Lemuria is the one a little bit further in the past. So just as a brief history of humanity, the way that I've downloaded and understood this, and again, it can it can kind of vary and fluctuate depending on your own belief system, but I believe that humanity was co-created with star seeds uh, about 200,000 years ago. And teachers of this divine knowledge were initially, they initially came to earth 
embodied as beings of light, so literally shining light beings that helped teach the first humans to ever exist the ways of this cosmic knowledge. And so anyway, they taught that for a little while. Um, they first landed in Lemuria, which is which was a large continent in the Pacific Ocean, which is now sunk. And that's one of the lives that I recently uncovered was the sinking. And maybe I could touch on that because that was very emotional for me. But through humanity's kind of first steps in evolution, uh, of course, hunter-gatherers, you know, farmers, things like that, very very simple nomadic lives sometimes, but we started growing into these civilizations. And one of the first ones that was birthed was Lemuria. So these ancient civilizations weren't really limited to one physical location. It's more a concept of the civilization at the time. So Lemuria, uh, from what I believe, started around 60,000 years ago. And I believe if I'm remembering correctly, I keep hearing the word 30,000 to 20,000 years ago in my head as to when it sunk. Um, but this was a very large continent, larger than, I believe, Australia. And the Hawaiian Islands were actually one of the mountain ranges that peaked in this continent. So when you visit Hawaii, you're very directly connected to the energy of Lemuria. So Lemuria was a very pure race, uh, pure civilization, I should say, early in our uh, development as humanity. And because we were so early in our development, we made some mistakes. We had spiritual connections. We had spiritual abilities. But part of the downfall for both Atlantis and Lemuria was that people in power were starting to shift their focus onto serving their self in sort of a twisted way. And think of like grasping for power, money, uh, abilities, growing their own like spiritual powers to, to be used in that self-serving destructive purpose. And eventually that's what caused the continent to sink was because of these technologies that we had. Uh, it was just such an immense, um, think of it as like an explosion of energy that essentially caused the, the oceans to crash onto that continent and the tectonics, the tectonic plates to shift. And that continent just disappeared below the earth. So that was one of the most recent lives that I uncovered actually in the past couple of weeks, if you can believe that. But I was a, I died at the age of 34 in that life. I was a woman named Viviana and I had this innate divine recognition within me. I knew it. I had spiritual abilities, really powerful connections. And unfortunately, due to the call it organizations and governments of the time, having that very self-destructive uh, self-serving tendency saw me and were like, okay, we're going to use her for my own purposes. So um, I knew that I wanted to do so many beautiful things in that life and was held back due to a number of reasons. And the day that I died, I was sitting on the beach and I was in deep meditation. I was describing details that I couldn't even imagine the level of detail, like I could tell you how many inches down from the elbow my dress was, how many inches down from the knee, how long my hair was, what it looked like, how shiny it was, with the jewelry that I was wearing, the shawl that I wore, so many vivid details. And this life of mine as Viviana, I knew that I wanted to help and help and do good. And, and I'm starting to get emotional because I knew that I didn't succeed in that goal. Due to a number of reasons, I, I felt like I just needed to do more, but that's, that was the way that the world was in that day. And I remember uh, sitting on the beach, and this is 
just before I died, the, the ocean started to rise and I saw a 50 to 100 foot wave just crash on, onto the beach and over me and, and my body just hit, hit a rock and I passed away. And I was so broken after that because I knew that on some level, I didn't accept it because that's the thing too. I was creating my own reality. We have our free will. So my free will at that moment was, I don't want, I didn't want to accept that I, that I couldn't do my journey, even though I really, really wanted to. And I feel like a lot of the people that are at that higher vibration right now in spirituality have lived these past lives because these are very spiritually significant lives in Atlantis and Lemuria. So Atlantis was kind of, um, they coexisted at the same time. So Lemuria had its golden age first, if you want to call it that. And then Lemuria sunk and then Atlantis started to birth into its golden age. But eventually Atlantis had the same downfall of I'd like to think, I, I always like to think of it as like a damaged divine masculine, self-serving tendencies, grasping for power, mm -hmm. using things in the wrong way. Some things that are happening now. Yeah, but we can see that it's shifting. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. And that's what I think why is it's like history repeats itself or energy sometimes repeats. And so we're empowered in this moment or these moments moving forward as well to have it change. Yeah. 100%. And I always line things up with uh, sacred numerology. So the Trinity, one, two, three, is always very important. We're in the third global civilization right now. I mean, this is our chance to ascend, to learn these lessons that we already repeated once with Atlantis, even though we did have these really beautiful uh, spiritual people, spiritual connections. We had a lot of beautiful organizations, sacred places in Atlantis and Lemuria, just like we do here. There are a lot of beautiful healing temples, ashrams, um, beautiful places. But you know, are we going to repeat that same downfall? I don't believe so because I keep affirming that, at least for me, I'm on the Ascension timeline. Is that something that you and your listeners want to keep affirming? If that's your will, then maybe you want to do that. Mm -hmm. But that's up to you because you have your own free will. If you want to keep affirming fear and everything, well, you're going to jump timelines little by little until you're into that world of fear and destruction and days ending and, and all that horrible stuff. But I don't want to be there. No, yeah. And more to be clear, it's it's about the fact that, yes, history can repeat, but because we're empowered to change things, just like what you're saying, through intention, but just what we're doing, what we're here to do. Whereas before, maybe we didn't have all the information or maybe we did and there weren't necessarily as many options to change and shift things is really is what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at, uh, at grade three or five in, in elementary school, we're going to make mistakes. And humanity was a very early, um, early, early race back then. So we had to learn these lessons. And now I feel like this is the proving ground. Like we've lived so many times. A lot of us has, have lived in humanity for a long time. We're kind of familiar with the energies. Are we going to make the stand and step into our own divine power? Or are we just going to let it, you know, uh, let us repeat the same mistakes? It's up to us. And I feel like that's part of what I'm here to do is to help people to show that you can affirm whatever reality you want. 
you know, if you if you're addicted to substances and you're you're in that world of I can never get out of it, I'm so I'm so down on my luck. Well, the things that you keep telling yourself, what's going to happen? You're telling yourself your own reality. You're creating that. We're creators. So, you're co-creating that world that you live in. The world that I want to live in is peace, joy, happiness, love. That's what I embody number one in myself, like we were saying before, because we're the most important person in our world. Me, the individual, you, the individual, the listener, the individual. Recognize that divine power, our creation abilities, our will. Use that, recognize it, and use it in your life. Look at all the different things, because once you recognize it and once you, once it hits you like a truck – you'll start seeing that, oh my God, you mean I don't have to do this anymore? I don't have to live in this situation, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of claiming it, even though, like you said, it may not be as easy to go through at the time. It's about claiming it and making that choice and then moving forward as far as taking action. And that's going to be dependent upon each individual, as you so absolutely put, that it is about uh, the individual and where they're at, but also going back to that free will and choice again. So I think that's a beautiful message for everyone to hear. Anything else? Oh, and by the way, I do want to have a separate conversation about Atlantis because I was on Atlantis too. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> having certain experiences and it's just, I think there might be some correlations there, but I don't want to take up the time to talk about it here just yet. So anything else we haven't talked about that you wanted to cover? Uh, I'm actually not getting anything right now. I feel okay. like we, we did a lot to cover it. Yeah. I, I really feel like going back to that, it's, y you have the power, you have your own intention to create your world. Um, the only thing that you have to do is decide. That's literally it. You're the person that's going to limit yourself. You're the person that's going to put up any walls in front of you. It can be a long process to break through the walls that we create because sometimes the walls that are the hardest to get through our, are the ones that we put in front of us. That's kind of the message that I keep getting through the work that I do. If someone's ready to work through something, then that's beautiful. We can do things. We could do amazing things, but yet you just have to be ready. And part of that getting ready process can, you know, be a little hard sometimes for some people, but it's all about the journey and it's all about accepting the journey that you're on, accepting the challenges. Love and acceptance is, are the two most crucial facets to any journey. Anything that's going on in your life, can you love and accept it? If so, yes, then okay, we can move forward. But if there's some part of you that wants to hold back that can't give that full 100% love and acceptance... Well, there's still a little bit more work there that needs to be done before we can move forward. But, but yeah. Well, William, I really enjoyed our conversation and can't wait to have more at some point. For people who are listening, where can they reach you and how can they get in touch? So everything that I do is linked from my main website, which is yourdivinity.org, Y-O-U-R-D-I-V-I-N-I-T-Y.org. You can find my social media links on there, Facebook, Instagram. If you're local to Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm, there's a chance I might be traveling at some point in the future. So keep an eye on like my meetup. I have a meetup page. Uh, I post my events on my website. Any classes are linked there as well. Uh, and my one-on-one -on -one sessions are linked there as well. So literally everything about me you can find on my website. And yeah, 
have a YouTube as well linked on there. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, at first I was kind of torn about, do I really want to watch videos of people as well? But I think that if you want to kind of put a face to a name and or see, because there are some things, even as we've been talking on my video, the light keeps flashing again, technology and stuff. So there's some fun things on video that can also pop up that I guess you can see. So for Psychic Story listeners, William is offering a 10% code off online for one session or 10% off access to his video courses. And that code is a psychic story. In the past, I think some people have had issues with uh, a psychic story, but that's because there's two S's. So two it's S's a psychic story. Yes. Yeah. So if you have any issues, reach out to William, but that code should work. And I just want to say thank you for offering that to our listeners. And Yes. So for session and video courses. And like he said, his website and all the social media is Your Divinity William and then YouTube Your Divinity. And I'll be sure to include all of this in the show notes. But just wanted to say thank you so much again, William, for joining. I know it was a long time coming for us to get this scheduled. So I appreciate <laughs> your uh, your patience. No, listen, it's all part of the journey. It, you know, the, the past few months, ever since we had our, our initial uh, session where you offered this uh, opportunity to me. I was so thankful and I'm like, okay, I got to go through all this different stuff in life, but that's a conversation for another time. I'm here. I'm so thankful uh, to not only you, but to both of our spiritual teams for putting us together and creating this uh, beautiful podcast episode. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole and everyone that's listening and to all the beautiful benevolent entities that joined us. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.